0: Um, to the Land Your Bets Sports Betting Podcast. Josh Lander here as always, looking at another baseball slate here to end the work week on Friday, August the 25th with you all. Previous show notes from how we did on Thursday, really weird, small slate, had to stick to the late night games so that I could make sure to you know get the podcast out in time to you all before those games actually started. Went two and two. Lost 0.3 units. So, you know, depending on how you rate your unit sizes, probably not too much money at 0.3 units, 44, 39 on the season. That's the record up 0.01 units. So basically even over, let's say, call it about 22 ish days of betting on baseball with you all. Obviously, we're waiting for the NBA season. Even the NFL seasons just around the corner at this point and would love to be able to put down some bets on some games with guys who actually play and not these preseason games with a bunch of rookies and backups fighting for spots on the team. Can't wait for week one. Can't wait to continue to probably bet an over in that Chiefs and Lions game, which was going to be super fun at Arrowhead defending Super Bowl champs. Really solid offense in Detroit coming back. I want to mention, I got done recording that fantasy football podcast I kept talking about with Levy chatting over tough to keep Levy from going on about a lot of different betting strategies. I had to cut him off a number of times because he has a lot of information. So I'm going to get it all out to you because I just want to make sure it get, you know you guys get these uh, insights before you draft your teams which I know that's this is going to be the most popular week for people to be drafting their teams as we are roughly, what, uh, two weeks from the first game of, of NFL football inside of two weeks this Friday. So I know that over the course of the next two weeks is the, the sort of concentration of of drafts all occurs right now as we right before we get into this first week because Obviously you wanna make sure guys didn't get hurt in the preseason. You wanna maybe understand a little bit more about position battles and who's winning those out before you make these picks in your fantasy football league. So I still wanted to get out some of these really great strategies to you guys. And then I also have Levy giving me a bunch of names and dropping you know, who he's feeling good about, who he would be fading in terms of staying away from unless you get great value on a guy who might be overhyped. So he's got some some specific knowledge there for you on on this year's pool of players. He's also got some overall betting strategies to make sure That you kind of go in prepared with a game plan uh, and and some, like I said, really strong tactics for how you're going to attack your draft. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to continue to talk about baseball with you guys because there is some excitement going down at the end of the season. There are some things that I already have futures bets on a bunch of money for the Cubs to make the playoffs for the Cubs to win the NL Central. For the Rangers, I'm sorry to say, to win the AL West, which doesn't look like it's going to happen because the Mariners may never lose again. And the Astros, despite losing seventeen to one on Thursday night to the rest to the Red Sox in Boston, are still surging and only a half a game back of those Rangers. So that's not looking great, but I'm going to continue to make some money off of the Cubs, I think. And I'm going to continue to fade a couple of pitchers, Ks and things like that. As you know, that's my favorite thing to do on this show. So we're going to get a little bit better here, I promise, on Friday. I feel much better about these bets that coming in. So let's get started with the first round of bets in the first game I'm talking about here for Friday's MLB Slate. Let's kick things off not far from where I'm located, out in the Bay Area of California. Atlanta is in town visiting the San Francisco Giants, who have been awful on offense and overall just very bad and struggling here as we come down the stretch of the season and over the last month really just played themselves out of the AL, uh, excuse me, NL West contention and are really struggling to even get into that wild card spot at this point. So we're fading them to, through the lens of, Two bets, a no-run first inning, and the San Francisco Giants will score under two runs in the first five innings of this game. That's minus 120 on DraftKings, half a unit on that. The no-run first inning is minus 130 on DraftKings. Let's take a full unit on that. I'd consider a unit and a half, to be honest with you, Um, but let's keep it to a unit and a half for the total of the game here, and we'll put 0.5 units on the Giants under one and a half runs first five. The, starting with the no-run first inning, which is my favorite, preferred bet, as you can tell by the fact that I have twice as much money on it, we're talking about Logan Webb and Spencer Strider on the mound. Two guys who are legitimate Cy Young candidates. Strider probably a bit more than Logan Webb, who had a, a rough... Sp- patches throughout the season that really led him to fall right out of contention for that NL Cy Young, but he's still been awesome in the first innings, 20 of his last 26 games, including three in a row now that he has not allowed a run in the first inning, he gets to play at home, where he has pitched much, much better than when he's on the road, a 211 ERA at home versus a 463 on the road. And this was a pitching match we just had about a, not even a week ago on the 19th of August. Strider and Webb faced off as these two teams played each other. And there was a no-run first inning in that one. Both pitchers pitched really well at first. Then Webb gave up. Four earned and over uh, in in his six innings pitched, including a home run. Strider, as far as the no run first inning goes, 21 of last 25 that he has had a zero run first inning that he's allowed, including 11 in a row. Uh, And these Giants batters are bad against Strider. A 114 career average against him in the, the roughly three seasons that he's now been around. He just pitched that seven-inning, one-hit gem with 10 Ks against them on on the 19th of August, Uh, and before that, he's coming off another gem against the Mets, where he gave up no earned, seven innings, three hits, and six Ks. So I, I think that Mets team is even better on offense than this Giants team, especially against righties, which is how we transition right into why I'm going under two runs scored for the Gigantes in the first five innings, and that's because they are awful against right-handed pitching as of late, especially in August, second-worst WRC+, 10th-highest K percentage, and the third-lowest batting average against righties of any lineup. Uh, Spencer Strider, I I would say he's back to his old self, like I was telling you about his last two starts in a row, and and he had a few bad in July and August where he was getting wrecked by teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I understand why there would be hesitancy to fade him If you did not realize, though, that his last two starts were were back to being gems, uh, down to a 3-0-2 XERA, throwing that fastball 58% of the time, throwing that slider 34% of the time. Uh, and that's up from a career 25% of the time that he's normally thrown that slider. So he's gotten much more comfortable with it. It's a nasty strikeout pitch. Uh, and the San Francisco Giants lineup is the third worst team uh, in terms of expected outcome versus a slider. And they have the worst expected outcome versus a fastball. And those are the two pitches that he throws, what do we have here, 92% of the time. So uh, I would say 92% of the time these Giants batters are going to be struggling uh, as, as if, with every pitch that they face against Spencer Strider. So I'm happy to fade their runs. I'm happy to take a no-run first inning with Logan Webb, although I'm not saying that the Bravos can't get to him eventually. I do think he's done a good enough job as of late keeping the ball down, keeping it in the park, uh, and as a result, uh, you know, I think he'll get out of the first inning without giving up a run as well. Ian Happ and the Chicago Cubs are taking on Mitch Keller and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Ian Happ should be good for two total bases at least in this game. That's plus 150 on DraftKings for him to get more than one and a half total bases. Put half a unit on that one. Uh, I, I just like his numbers against Keller. It just when you're looking at certain maps of of pitcher and batter matchups, which I am looking at whenever I do these these picks. Ian Happ's red all over the place against uh, Mitch Keller. So I, I think for him to get two total bases is great. He his, In his career, he's 7 for 16 against Mitch Keller. He has two homers in those 16 at-bats. And overall, he's just way better versus right-handed pitching. 4-18 uh, slugging on the season versus righties. three fifty-seven versus lefties. Uh, he has been bad in August. I, I want to be clear that I'm aware that he struggled in the month of August, specifically with his batting average and ability to uh, make consistent contact. But he still had four dingers. In the month of August, uh, that's the most of any Cub over the course of a month in this season, right? That's the most home runs in one month for any Cub player this season. I'll say it again. Uh, Mitch Keller is very susceptible to the long ball. 19 homers on the season. Nine of them have come at home where they play uh, this game in Pittsburgh, which is pretty pitcher, excuse me, hitter friendly there and and should be a good opportunity for Ian Happ to, to get a couple total bases in this one. I would also say... You can find some value in the Chicago Cubs to touch up Mitch Keller a bit more. A number of other guys, Nico Herner, Dansby Swanson, and obviously uh, Cody Bellinger all have really good numbers against Mitch Keller in some pretty good matchups for them. So I I think you're going to find some value at the minus 116 for the Cubbies to win this thing. So I would put half a unit on that, even though Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. Not a great prop for the, you know, not a great uh, rather matchup. For the uh, Chicago Cubs in that one, obviously, Mitch Keller is an overall better pitcher. Still, what I would say, though, is, uh, you know, the, the Cubs to be able to get their total runs against Keller is also a good bet. Uh, the opportunity for them to go over over three and a half runs in this game. I think you're getting really good juice at minus 105 on FanDuel for that. I would definitely go ahead and hit that one as well, because on top of Ian Happ being such a good batter against Mitch Keller, you're going to get a bunch of other really solid matchups uh, for this Cubs lineup against a good pitcher who can give up some runs and has been susceptible to games where he's given up eight or six or five runs in a game. And and I think the Cubs are going to be able to uh, also take advantage of a bad bullpen once Mitch Keller comes out of this thing. So, That is all the time I have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe, follow along. Go ahead and drop a five-star rating in there. It would be much appreciated if you're enjoying some of this content. Like I said at the beginning, I cannot wait for football to be here. I can't wait even more for the NBA to be here where I'm just going to be grinding out some really big wins with you guys in the NBA this year. Super pumped for it. So until I do talk to you next, have a great weekend and happy betting.